Perfect? Bang on my chest if you think I'm perfect. Go ahead, bang on it. No heart? You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. This is Patchwork Heart Ministries Young Catholics Respond, brought to you by Breadbox Media. Now, here's your host, Bill Snyder. Thanks, Adam, and welcome to the program, everybody. I'm Bill Snyder. This is Young Catholics Respond, and thank you so much for joining me today on this episode. We're excited you're here, and I'm particularly excited to talk to my guest today, Jim Beckman. Uh, Jim has been involved with diocesan and parish ministry, evangelization, and leadership development for over 30 years. He is a graduate from Franciscan University of Steubenville in 1987, and he has served in various roles of leadership for the national, regional, and local ministry ever since. Jim is currently the Executive Director of Evangelization and Catechesis for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma. Jim has built a solid and thriving ministry programs in numerous parishes and dioceses over the years. He also serves as the Executive Director of Impact Center, a nonprofit dedicated to leadership development in the Catholic Church. He is also an adjunct professor for the Augustan Institute in Denver, Colorado, and Jim is an ambassador for Franciscan University of Steubenville. Jim and his wife Meg live in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, with their five children, Aaron, Claire, Daniel, Jonathan, and Brian. Jim, welcome to the program, and thank you so much for uh, being here with me today as you're uh, traveling the country doing great evangelization work. Yeah, thanks. It's great to be with you, Bill. Yeah, so, uh, Jim, I want to talk with you about evangelization and young people on today's program. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things young people and all people are called to do, but it's a difficult task. Uh, So just talk with us a little bit about some practical ways that young people can really evangelize their fellow fellow peers, especially um, in this cultural climate we live in today. Well, I I think one of the one of the things that we have to realize, you know, lot, lots of dismal statistics out there about young people and about uh, particularly all of the leaving, right? Like lot, lots of young people who are leaving the church. Some, some studies seem to say as many as 90% of 14 to 29-year-olds are disengaging and uh, leaving active practice. Um, but I, I've found that there's a positive side to a lot of these studies, uh, most of the ones that I have read, uh, particularly some of the studies that start to drill into why are young people staying? You know, what's keeping uh, those who are emerging into adulthood and still practicing their faith? What, what are some of the things that are leading to the sticking power? And it, it, what, what you find are things like uh, they, young people today want to feel like they belong they, they want to feel like they're needed. Uh, they want to feel like they have a valuable contribution to make. Uh, you know, so some, some of those kinds of values are what they're really looking for. And, uh, and like I said, for those that are, are staying, that, that's what they're, they're finding. I, I don't think you could speak to something more powerful uh, than the current situation in the church today, Right. Like uh, young young people are needed because so many from their generation are actually disengaging and are stepping away. Uh, there there's a role for them to play here be- because their own generation and their own peers uh, desperately need them uh, and and need to hear the faith articulated in a language that only they can speak. 
so that 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 that's a quick answer to what you're asking. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's a that's a really important point that uh, and and I know that. It, it helps when I have somebody my own age in, in, and relatability to be able to talk to about the faith. It, it does get discouraging when you walk into a, you know, a daily mass or a mass and you just see, you know, 85 year olds, you know, coming to, coming to church. And, and so you're right, it is desperately needed. And, and you kind of gravitate as a young person, you kind of gravitate toward those people who are of your age, you kind of talk to and relate to. And I think that's common with all age groups, right? I mean, we kind of want to be with our peer group of young adults or adults or, or, or children. And it's important that we also remember that we have stuff to learn, too, from older generations of, of Catholics, and maybe even to learn from some of their mistakes, right? Uh, in this cultural right. climate right. of the of where we are, uh, some mistakes in evangelization were made uh, over over a period of time that maybe we're you know reaping the benefits from or lack thereof, right? So so how do we reclaim some of the the really um, needed nuts and bolts of evangelization? Like how do we evangelize one another? What is the most important thing to that evangelization? Yeah, well, I think it's a. Uh... Uh, it, it's a challenge in some ways because um, I'm not sure if you've heard of this principle uh, called reverse mentoring, uh, but it's, you know, there, there's been a number of uh, studies that have been done on this. Uh, I, think, I think it was the Barna Research Center that was talking about this, ad, advocating for something like this. Uh, what What's fascinating with a lot of the younger uh you know, like young, young adults and even older teens, uh, be, because they have such a strong value on what, you know, the need to be needed and the, the need to make a valuable contribution. They, 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 they want their creativity and they, they want their, uh, their, their, their gifts and their talents to be recognized. And, and a lot of times I think the church becomes an environment that it's kind of like, well, you can come, you can come in, but you kind of kind of earn your stripes. And people who have been around in leadership positions for years are pretty, you know, resistant to change and resistant to letting other people uh, be in any role of leadership and, you know, kind of guarding their territory a little bit, you know? And um, I, I think that's creating a lot of the dynamic that's, that leads for a lot of disillusionment. And, and unfortunately a lot of young people who don't really feel like they have a place, um, but this, this whole concept of reverse mentoring is some of the older generation, uh, they actually need to go to young people and ask them uh, how things need to change. And they, they need to be humble and receptive to even letting some of the young people lead and point some direction. You know, how, how can we be more effective reaching your peers? How, how can we be more effective uh, taking the gospel message to, to your friends and, and getting them more engaged in, in, in what, uh, what the church is doing today. I, I, think, I think a lot of people, maybe in the older generation, might feel threatened by that kind of approach. Um, but I, I think it, the, the burden is actually on us to, to move in that direction, because um, 
from from my vantage point, it's the only thing that I think will make a significant turn in a direction where we need to go to for the future. You know, it's so funny you mentioned that, Jim, because last night I was at uh, Mass and my pastor uh, at, at our church here in Milwaukee did exactly that. Um, he, he did this whole reverse mentoring thing. He said, I am, I am putting together a group uh, of study for young people, you know, high school students, to re-enliven our youth group. He goes, and I'm going to bribe them with, uh, you know, gift certificates to the local bur- burger joint if they show up. But the idea is that I want to know from them what it is going to take to revive our youth group here in our parish, because that's really important to me, and I want that in our parish. I'm the pastor. I'm going to take ownership of this, and I'm going to do it. And so that was, yeah. it was so refreshing to see that and hear that um, from, from, from the pastor and taking, taking that leadership role um, as a shepherd of our parish. But, but that was so cool, and it's so cool you mentioned that, because it's a, uh, it's a really important thing that 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 we do that we reach out to younger generations um or or whatnot and talk with them about what they want to see now uh, does that come into play with uh, the, the 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 spirituality of of catholicism at all or is it only coming in with the uh with the with the method of how we relay it because i think there's also a disconnect between for for young people that may be away from the church when they hear something like that, they think, oh, well, maybe we're going to talk about the morality of some of the hot-button issues that are, that are kind of unmovable in church teaching versus, you know, how we're relaying that message of faith, of hope, of joy to the go- of the gospel to people. Is there any disconnect? Are you finding any disconnect with that approach and the, uh, the, the morality versus just the way it's being uh, portrayed or talked about? Well, I mean, I think it's uh, it's a little bit of both and, right? Like, I think the method of approach uh, sometimes gets you into the conversation. And if you're not in a conversation at all, you're not going to be able to have any impact sharing anything about what we believe or, or even what the Church teaches. Um, and, you know, you know what, what's that, that old adage, you know, uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care? Um I, I think in, in some ways we're losing the opportunity to speak into an entire generation of young people about anything that we believe or what the truth is, because they're not even talking to us. Uh, and, you know, so like I, I'm, I'm advocating, I guess, for a method uh, to get us in relationship and get us in a dialogue. Um, I, I've had the experience many, many times with lots and lots of young adults in, in, in my life that I'm, I'm earning the right to be heard in a certain sense uh, because I've built and cultivated a relationship with them over time. And then when they start struggling in their lives in various things and are uh, looking for answers, they come to me and ask me what I think. And then all, then all of a sudden, I, you know, when they're asking the questions, I can actually speak to those answers and give very, very clear uh, sometimes even clear definition, right, to some of the things that they're asking questions about and be able to explain why. Um, but I, 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 I wouldn't have been able to start there, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I couldn't just start sharing with them about, you know, what the church teaches or what the church's answers are because they, they, they wouldn't have even listened to me. 
Yeah, really. That, that's a really good point, too, is that um, we have to develop relationship first before we can even begin to talk about um, some something deeper. And um, that takes time. You mentioned that it takes time and almost like earning uh, earning a, uh, a reason to be heard. Right. Uh, showing that showing that you have character and uh, that you have. All of these things become very important in a young person's in a person's life, right? The uh, the high integrity, the character, all of those things are incredibly important for a person to realize before they'll even begin to uh, entertain the conversation. Is kind of what I'm is kind of what I'm hearing, and and that can take a long time, right? That that having that relationship doesn't come overnight, um, and and you have to take time to develop that, right? That, that's a very important thing to do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Take it sometimes takes years, right? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, awesome, Jim. We got to take a short break here, and then when we come back, we're going to continue talking with you about the uh, evangelization. And I also want to talk with you a little bit about the upcoming conference that is going to be uh, here in uh, St. Louis. We're going to have a National Leaders and Ministries conference uh, for the National Catholic Charismatic Renewal. Uh, right back after these messages here on Young Catholics Respond, I'm Bill Snyder. At times it seems like the world today is filled with so much division, bigotry, and hatred. So it's up to us to make sure that we get back to the basics, and that is Jesus Christ and his message of faith, hope, and love. Faith, Hope, Love with John and Morgan Bender is a new project that seeks to do just that by engaging and inspiring Catholics within the Archdiocese of Milwaukee and beyond. Read personal faith stories, interviews, and news all by visiting the Faith, Hope, and Love blog.blogspot.com or follow us on Twitter at Johnny Bender MKE. Judy Hare was a bankrupt, homeless, drug-addicted college dropout on the brink of divorce, but is now a seminary graduate and devoted wife and mother of four children. What happened? Find out in her autobiography, Shattered, How God Restored My Heart and Life. Her journey of faith has been called brutally honest, truly inspiring, profound, heartbreaking, and life-changing. Shattered is available now for only $15 on her website, judyhair.com, on amazon.com, or at your local Catholic bookstore. As Judy says, it is never too late to become the person you deserve and desire to be. So stop wishing for change and start doing something about it by reserving your copy of Shattered today. Patchwork Heart Ministry is committed to sowing hope into broken hearts by helping young people encounter the love of Jesus Christ and His Catholic Church through prayer, storytelling, and media initiatives. We invite you to prayerfully consider supporting this mission financially. Mail your tax-deductible donation to Patchwork Heart Ministry at P.O. Box 563 Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, zip code 53147 or visit patchworkheart.org to donate online. That's Patchwork Heart Ministry, P.O. Box 563, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, 53147, or online at patchworkheart.org. 
Hi everybody, Bill Snyder here. Just want to thank you for listening to this episode of Young Catholics Respond. And as a founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry, we have so much more going on than just our podcasts. Check it out at patchworkheart.org. Your heart is always beating, but you never have to think about it. Welcome back to Young Catholics Respond. Once again, Bill Snyder. Welcome back to this episode of Young Catholics Respond, everybody. I'm Bill Snyder. We're talking with Jim Beckman today, and we're talking with him about evangelization and some of the uh, ways that we evangelize and how young people can evangelize in today's society. Uh, Really great conversation in the first half of the program, so if you missed it and you're listening on the radio, uh, download the podcast of our show on Breadbox Media and listen to it again. Uh, Listen to the first half of the program, or just head over to Breadbox Media to get the podcasted version of the show. Uh, Jim, I want to talk with you a little bit about um, some practical steps that we can take as uh, young people to evangelize in the culture today. Um, you, you know, we talked a lot about the, the, the method, the philosophy of how we go uh, and get into evangelization with somebody. But once, once we're there and we're ready to evangelize, um, what are some really good steps to take to share the faith with others? Well, I, I would I, I would say practically, I, I always start with, uh, you know, once there's a context of relationship, just start sharing my story and sharing how God has worked in my life and how I've experienced that uh, leading me to uh, freedom and liberation, you know, so share, sharing those personal things. Um, Sher- Sherry Waddell, I'm, I'm not sure if you're familiar with her, but she... Yeah, very. She has, she has a great book, you know, where she talks about the thresholds of conversion. Um, and she, you know, which her first couple are, are all about that context of relationship, like I was talking about, can I trust you? And then stirring up curiosity. So I'm, I'm, I'm living my life in a way, in some ways, like living out loud, you know, like I think one of the things that happens a lot today is people are so afraid of imposing their faith on other people that they... They, they they try to not live live in a way that you know uh, ruffles any feathers you know and um, I, I think one one of the practical ways that you can share your faith more is to live it in a way that causes people to ask questions you know like are are you really joyful and are you praying for me before meals even in restaurants and when somebody says they have uh, something going on in their life and they're kind of struggling. You know, don't just say, well, I'll pray for you. Uh, say, hey, can, can we pray right now? Uh, I'd, 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 I'd like to pray for you. Um, you know, it's like little things like that, li- living uh, in, in a way that's making the faith more expressive and more kind of out in the open. Um, and and, and I, would, I would even say live in a way that's contagious. Um, you know, like if, if you were... A, an infectious disease, you know, how many people have been infected by your disease in the last year? Um, uh, I know that's kind of a negative context, but no, it's beautiful. I, you know, like I, I think people, we, we're not, we're not living, you know, the culture in some ways has silenced us and has caused us to um, be quiet and under the radar. And, uh, I think it's one of the powerful ways that we can be a bold witness and a testimony to faith is by just living more out loud and letting people see and hear 
the impact of faith in our lives, you know. Yeah, it, and and then oh, good. No, no, go ahead. Well, I, I think then uh, when people start asking questions, that that's when you know you've you've earned the right to be heard, you know. And and then I I would say at that point, be careful that you don't try to fire hose people. You know, um, I, I, I often think about this a lot for myself. Like I, I, I want to give people answers to their questions and, you know, information about the faith and the gospel, but in short bursts that they can actually consume. If I, if I give them too much information and too fast, um, you know, a lot of times you can kind of see the eyes gloss over and you see, you see them kind of lose interest in what you're saying. And you're like, okay, I'm just, I'm just preaching now and nobody's really listening anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, that's really beautiful. That's a, that's a really great point. uh, Because, because I think our enthusiasm can sometimes cause people to glaze over. I know that mine can, Uh, you throw too much at them and they're like, Hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Um, but one of the things that you mentioned was the uh, I, I, the uh, book by Sherry Waddell, which is Forming Intentional Disciples, I'm assuming. And then they have, she has a whole bunch, of litany of other ones as well, like for, uh, Forming Parish of Intentional Disciples and all those uh, really great series of books. But I, but I think one of the things that you really uh, touched on there was intentionality, being intentional yeah. in, in living your faith and, and authentic in living your faith. And those two things for young people, they crave it, but they also can do it. Those are two things that, because a young person wants that in their life, um, you know, to, to be intentional about certain things and then also to be authentic and live their life authentically, when, when, when you do those two things as a witness to the gospel and you're, and you're living your faith, I think you're exactly right. You're going to uh, see those conversations starting. You're going to have people... Uh, approaching you as you are, or you have earned the right to be heard, Jim. So yeah, I totally think uh, you're right on the right path there with with the young adults and uh, and and how to do it. Um, I want to ask you just a little bit about the supernatural relationship uh, between the Holy Spirit and us when we're evangelizing. You know, we can't do this without the Holy Spirit in our lives, and it, at least I would think so. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about how the Holy Spirit uh, has maybe impacted you in your life as, as an evangelist and as a, uh, as a director of evangelization for the, the di- the, all the work you've been doing? Well, I, I, I look at the Holy Spirit in a lot of ways as like the huge catalyst to evangelization. The, the, the Church says the Holy Spirit is a principal agent, of evangelization because he's really in all parts of the equation. He's, he's in me and stirring up my heart and, and, and even stirring up my desire to share my faith with others because of the great gift that I've received. But the Holy Spirit's also in the other person and he's active in their heart and can, you know, particularly with our prayers, and praying for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a certain situation or in a certain relationship, stuff can start coming alive in another person's heart, and questions can start being stirred up that, that is even a surprise to them, all because the Holy Spirit is actually beginning to till the soil of their heart, right? Uh, but the Holy Spirit's also in whatever words I share. 
So he, he, he's literally in the message that I'm conveying, you know, it's like he's in all three parts of that equation. Uh, so that, that's why the church says the Holy Spirit is the principal agent of evangelization. So co- constantly praying for a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit and praying for the activity of the Holy Spirit around these kinds of evangelistic conversations is just a huge, uh, a, a, a huge part of what we're doing. And I, and I, I would add uh, a, a devotion to Mary because I, I think she has a unique role to play in this kind of dynamic. I mean, obviously she's not a person of the, you know, one of the persons of the Trinity. So she's not kind of on the same level as the Holy spirit, but the, the Holy spirit, one of her titles is she's the mother of all the living. And as a mother, you know, who, who cares for their children more than a mother? Um, and so I, I, I don't know. I, I find there's a unique conspiracy that can often go on between Mary and the Holy spirit um, and, and a way that I can engage Mary and engage her intercession where she's just constantly praying for someone and praying for fruitfulness to come about in, in what I'm doing with them and how, I, how maybe I'm involved in their life, but then praying for the Holy Spirit's activity and all those different aspects and moving parts of the equation. Mm-hmm. So the, I, I, I find those two as, as my kind of my unique go-to power sources yeah totally awesome totally awesome trusting in the holy spirit trusting in the blessed virgin mary who who better to trust in uh than 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 both of those um because as as we put our trust and our hope and and everything in god and through the through the arms of the blessed virgin mary through her intercession uh great graces happen and 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 we see those miracles unpack um, and and be uncovered in people's lives through um, through the the action of God working through us and and there's no greater compliment to me anyway um, than when somebody says hey you know uh, you made an impact in my life and I just respond to them and I say well give give the glory to God give the glory to God in in, in that, that 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 message uh, hit you through through the action of the Holy Spirit, to the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, as you mentioned, Jim. Um, I, I want to talk with you just a little bit as we're wrapping up about uh, how people uh, can engage in your work, because I know that you do so many different things. Uh, you're traveling right now, actually. So uh, talk to us a little bit about uh, how people can engage in your work and some of the things that you have going on, and, and we'll end with the, uh, the, the conference as well. Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. Say say that last part again, Bill. Oh, we'll just we'll uh, we'll we'll promote a little bit the conference at the end. But how can people engage with you and your work, and and if they want to find out more information about you? Yeah, well, I'm uh, like you you said earlier. I work for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City. Uh, sorry for all the background noise. I'm actually sitting in an airport, getting ready to jump on a, a flight up to Minneapolis. Um, but I'm, I, I also have a nonprofit that I uh, run called Impact Center. Uh, so my, my stuff at the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City is at archokc.org. And my stuff at Impact Center is impactcenter.com. And um, I, I, I really spend all of my waking hours thinking about how we can advance the cause for uh, leadership, evangelization, and discipleship. And... Um, 
I'm doing that for the Archdiocese of Oklahoma City and all of the different parishes that we serve and trying to use Impact Center as a little bit of a platform to help share anything that I find successful with what we're doing on the ground in OKC. How, how can we share that with other dioceses and other parishes in different parts of the country? Awesome. It, it is so great to have you on the program, Jim, and talk with us about that uh, evangelization and how to and how to do that. Um, and so I really encourage people, if they want to hear and see more of your work, to definitely check out uh, the Oklahoma City uh, Archdiocese website. Just Google it up and check out um, all that Jim has going on, and even with Impact Center as well. So uh, thanks so much, Jim, for being here, and looking forward to uh, seeing you and hearing you at the NSC Conference, the National Catholic Charismatic Renewal Conference in St. Louis here in a few weeks. I really appreciate it. Yeah, coming up fast, the St. Louis Conference. It Excited is. Excited to be there and speaking at the conference this year. Yes, it, yeah, it is. It really it always flies up fast. Uh, and again, for our listeners, if you want to uh, hear Jim speak and be at that conference, uh, just head over to nsccaracenter.org, nsccaracenter.org. Uh, Jim, thank you again so much for being here and really appreciate it. Safe travels as you continue doing the Lord's work all over the country. Great, Bill. Thanks so much. Great being with you today. All right. Well, this has been an episode of Young Catholics Respond. Until next time, from all of us here at Patchwork Heart Ministry, I'm Bill Snyder. Keep beating to your Catholic heart. You've been listening to Young Catholics Respond, a radio initiative of Patchwork Heart Ministry. To learn more about our ministry and program, visit us at patchworkheart.org. Or to get exclusive access and early ministry updates, become our patron on Patreon by searching for Patchwork Heart Ministry.